Hello, hello. It is time for Paladino Live, and this is episode number 13. It is the 20th of May in the year 2008. And we have a pretty, pretty big show today. I mean, really big. Really, really big. We're going to try to crunch as much as we can in in a relatively short time, as these podcasts can't be too long, just because. Now, first of all, we are on thesportstuff.com. That's right, thesportstuff.com. And uh, we are also available on iTunes and Mediafly. I thank all of you, each and every one of you, for downloading and listening to Paladino Live, the main product of Paladino Live Productions, which is multiple podcasts. Uh, of course, this is the main one, as I just said. Uh, there's also Purple Mafia. That's right, Purple Mafia, where we focus on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, that is also available on thesportstuff.com. Definitely check that out. It's also available on iTunes, and boy, oh boy, I know some of you out there listen to Purple Mafia, and it's doing really darn good. And uh, I'd like some of you guys to come over here and listen to Paladino Live as well, that are Purple Mafia listeners. So um, welcome aboard. Also, um, we do have a call-in line here on thesportstuff.com. It is 916-912-4263, 916-912-4263. It is a voicemail line. Call in, so basically treat it as a voicemail, treat it the same way you treat any voicemail. Um, you call in, you address which show you are calling for, like Paladino Live or Purple Mafia or whoever. Um, and then you state your opinion, your comment, your complaint, your trash talk, your congratulations, whatever it is, you know, like congratulations on your Timberwolves lending the number one pick. Oh, well, no, they didn't do that. Yeah, we'll get into that very shortly. Um, but, yeah, that is the dilly. Now, also, we do have a message boards. very important, that you get signed up here on the sportstuff.com. The TSS Boards button is on the upper right-hand corner of the front page of the sportstuff.com. We'd like you to sign up and join in. It is 100% free and 100% fun. It is 100% worth it. As you can interact with all of us, there's also a live chat box on the sportstuff.com boards where you can interact with all of us like, uh, you know, Gotsman or, or Farzine or Dylan, whoever, you know. A lot of us come on there. Rusty, of course, cool guy. Uh, Dang is on there a lot. He's a real cool guy. P-Mac, you know, lots of great, uh, they're also podcasters on this site. Um, basketball, football, hockey, lots of stuff on here. Definitely check it out. We want you on board. Um, now I'd also like to... Uh, Quickly mention, I do have a YouTube. It is youtube.com forward slash Pellet and Joe. YouTube.com forward slash Pellet and Joe. We have entertaining video game reviews on there, along with uh, some sports talk, sports takes, especially during Viking season uh, last year. I uh, haven't done as many Wolves videos as I'd like. I just did my busy schedule a while back. I'll probably get into some more stuff soon. I'd like to get into my next game review soon, as I have targeted which game I'm going to review. I do hope you check it out. Now, one last thing, myspace.com forward slash Paladin Joe, or blah, Paladino Live, myspace.com forward slash Paladin li- Paladino Live, Paladino Live, okay, one word, Paladino Live, same thing on Yahoo Messenger, Paladino Live, one messenger, also on, I mean, one word, also on AIM. Um, I do hope you enjoy the MySpace. Uh, I'd like you to add me on there and get into more interaction, some more buddies on there. Hope you enjoy the show. Now, 
We're going to hop right into the show here today uh, in a second. As uh, First of all, today's show, we are going to discuss the Stanley Cup playoffs, as we do have a Stanley Cup Finals matchup now. The Conference Finals are over, and they are what I expected. Um, of course, the series were quite a bit less competitive than I expected, quite a bit less competitive, especially the Flyers one. Um, also, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We're going to get hard and heavy into the Wolves, of course, because the draft lottery did occur tonight, and um, the Wolves landed the third pick. Third pick. Didn't move up, didn't move down. Uh, you know, just we're overdue for a little bit of luck because everybody's moved up except us, and I do mean everybody. We have not moved up a single time ever, and it's it's irritating. And uh, got in a, almost got in a little tussle with some members uh, under the... Uh, chat box tonight regarding that because they just wanted to hop on me saying oh what you, whatever you're gonna you're, you're mad because you didn't win the lottery well you know uh it's a little easy to be disappointed we're a little jaded us wolves fans because we've been getting you know we've never had any luck so whatever we'll leave it at that i'm not going to get any further into that garbage uh with that i'm going to return we are going to get hockey out of the way first and then we can get hard and heavy into the national basketball association again no twins tonight because there's just too much going on pretty soon it's going to be twins that's going to that's going to come but yeah i shall return very quickly to talk hockey What's up, listeners? This is Farzine. I am the host of the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com where we cover the Kansas City Chiefs, give our opinions, and go deep inside with the Kansas City Chiefs right here only on thesportsstuff.com. We encourage you Chiefs fans, you loud Chiefs fans out there, to get on the show, voice your opinions, get on our boards, and talk with us. All listeners, including Bronco fans, are allowed in our show. So be sure you check out the Chiefs End Zone Show right here on thesportsstuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. Here on thesportsstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Paladino Live. It is time to talk some puck, some hockey puck, baby, and, uh, First of all, we've got a little deal here with the uh, Minnesota Wild Steelers girl bringing a little information to the table once again, and I thank you, Steelers girl, for that, as you have been great in bringing in some topics to the show. It is Minnesota Wild related, so before I quickly hop into the the uh, the hot the uh, Stanley Cup Finals, the uh, the headline of this article from Canada.com, the proud the Providence. So that is the the paper. The headline states, Why Gabrick May Bolt from Wild. That's not good. Now, as quotes or states, Marion Gabrick has a year left on his deal, and it's widely expected he would prefer to play a more wide-open style, likely with one of his Slovak buddies. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not surprised that's coming up. But anyhow, Doug Risebro will obviously have a huge amount of money under his nose on a long-term extension, uh, 
What is this? Well, well excuse me. I appreciate. I apologize. Doug Risebrough will obviously waive a huge amount of money under his nose on a long-term extension on or shortly after July 1st, which is as early as he can approach him. But the return of Jacques Lemaire mm-hmm, has raised questions as to whether Gabrick will sign on for more dump-and-chase hockey with third- and fourth-line players at this odd coach's whim. If Gabrick box, there's no way the Wild can allow him to walk at the end of the season and get nothing for him. Very true. That means, obviously, if things aren't working out, they're going to look to trade him. Now, yeah, that is a, that is a scary thought. Now, I, I was kind of worried about that myself with the Jacques Lemaire and Gabrick. I personally am not uh, convinced Gabrick and Lemaire are the right fit. I'm really not. I've longed for the, for the longest time. I, I, I've wondered just how good Gabrick would be in a more open, open style of play. I, I mean, I'm thinking the guy could get 80 to 100 points. I do. I, th- I think he could. Now, um, quickly, uh, yeah, I think he, I really think he could. Now, obviously he has to stay healthy as he, it took him, you know, his whole career pretty much to play almost every game. He did miss about five games this year, but for the most part he stayed healthy. And he started out awfully slow. Awfully slow this year for my liking. It was very frustrating. Um, but his defensive game has improved dramatically the last two years. So that is the one major positive along with his team play. Now, a quick response by Gotts yesterday. Andrew Gottsman, the host of TC Talk. His comment is, playing alongside Demetra and Ralston isn't enough. The guy finally stayed healthy for most of a year. He'll be lucky to get the money he wants from someone other than the Wild. Yeah, that's kind of true, kind of not, Gotts. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think Demetra and Ralston are really that great. Now, a lot of Wild fans out there are going to disagree with me on that. Um, some might agree, especially on Demetra, as I just thought the whole Pavel Demetra thing did not work out. I think it did not work out at all. I was unhappy with the trade when it happened. I actually was. Um, and people convinced me it would work out because, you know, the whole Demetra and Gabrick uh, chemistry bit and that they're going to be, you know, just phenomenal. And, yeah, it sure looked that way the first couple months last year, but then it wasn't the same. It really wasn't in the long run. Demetra is injury prone. He is very not, he is not physical at all. His defense sucks. Um, and you know, I thought Pavel Demetra underachieved in Minnesota. I don't know if it's age. I don't know what it is or if he just underachieved. Uh, I'm not too happy with him. Ralston, very, a very good player. He's not the, my favorite player on the team by any stretch of the imagination. He's just not. I don't know what it is about Ralston. To me, he just, he seems like the kind of guy, he'll score goals, but, but he never, but he's never, he's never someone you can really count on to get a goal when you need one. That's what I've been trying to tap on for the last, you know, two years or whatever. Um, and I'm not really sure he's the greatest passer ever. Dimitri is a very good passer, and he did, that's where he was a help for, for Gabrick. Um, the thing is, I'm not sure Gabrick really played much with Ralston. So I don't know about, the, if that comment's exactly um, accurate, Lemaire does shuffle the lines a lot, and he's a confusing coach. And I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been heartbroken if Jacques Lemaire decided to step down. I was almost quietly hoping he would, but he didn't. And um, expecting Jacques Lemaire to change his his ways are is kind of like asking your your uh, I don't know 
asking your grandfather to change uh, political beliefs or something, you know, or or to, to you know, drop his temporary attitude or something. I don't know, just something simple like that. It's not really going to happen. You can't teach an old cow new tricks or old horse, whatever the comment is. Um, so it's, it's a tough situation. I would love to keep Gabrick for his whole career, despite the fact I'm not convinced you're going to get uh, as much offense out of him under Jacques, the Jacques Lemaire regime as you might under any more offensive-minded coach, which is, of course, the direction the Colorado Avalanche are going as they uh, fired Quinneville and are moving on in the more offensive direction like they used to be when they won Stanley Cups that way. So we shall see. Now it is time to slide over to some real hockey teams. And I love the Wild, trust me, I love the Wild. I'm just making a comment because these teams are unbelievable, folks. I mean, these teams are about as good as I've seen in a long time. The Stanley Cup Finals will include the teams that most of us expected, the Detroit Red Wings and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Clearly, and I mean clearly the two best teams are in this series right now, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch, a lot of fun to watch. If I, I mean, you got Sid the Kid on center stage now for the real deal. The one thing the Pittsburgh Penguins have going for them in this uh, in this series is they have never lost a Stanley Cup final. Now, I know the pass is the pass, and, uh, you know, 1992 doesn't really mean as much in uh, 2008. But, hey, you know, sometimes history repeats itself, especially, you know, when the team is established like that, you know, over the years. Um, Pittsburgh Penguins, of course, two and zero in the Stanley Cup Finals. Detroit has lost a couple. Granted, they've won three three Stanley Cup uh, Finals series in a row ever since they lost the '95 one to the uh, New Jersey Devils. Um, and yeah, that's who I'm picking to win the championship. I am sticking to my guns with the Detroit Red Wings to win the Stanley Cup. Um, I. It's going to be a close series. It is going to be epic. I mean, we are going to see some phenomenal players going at it in this series. Of course, you got Sid the Kid. you got Evgeny Malkin and Marion Hossa. I mean, wow. <laughs> All three of them just unbelievable in this postseason, including Sergei Gonchar and, and left-wing Ryan Malone. There is just some superstar talent on this team. Now, Pascal Dupuis, there's a guy who was just, you know, wild vest. Remember, that guy is going to be the main factor in this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Pascal Dupuis did have six points in 14 games, so that's cool. I, I, I didn't even realize he was on the Penguins until lately. But, yeah, and one of the main, absolute main reasons the uh, Penguins are doing really, really well in this postseason is not just the big three or big four or whatever, really, the you know, like the uh, the Krasi, Malkin, and Hosa daily, but Marc-Andre Fleury has been unbelievable. Three shutouts. His record is 12-2 and two in 14 games. 12-2. and two. So the Penguins are yet to lose enough games to lose a seven-game series. In the first three rounds, yes, that's how hot the Penguins have been. Uh, goals against average at 1.7. A save percentage of 93.8 for Mark andre Fleury. So the Penguins have a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup. They are ultimately, they they look like the next Edmonton Oilers. I mean, they look like they're going to be one of those teams that people are going to be like, man, what an awesome, awesome team. You know, like 15 years from now, people are going to be talking about this Pittsburgh Penguins club. What an awesome dynasty they had. 
you know, back in the in the the late 2000s and and uh, the 2010s or whatever. You know, it's going to be a phenomenal team for a long time. As the Penguins just back to back for just back to back to back phenomenal draft picks over there. Um, you can't lose with this Penguins team. You know, uh, they might lose the finals this year, but they will be back. And if they're not back, here's here here's my quote: I will be shocked. I will be absolutely shocked if they're not back again. I'm, you know, that would just flip my flip my wig. You know, now um, over to the Detroit Red Wings. Now they are 12 and four in the postseason. That's pretty darn good. They did lose two games to the Dallas Stars in the Western Conference Finals after taking a three nothing lead, though. After taking a three nothing lead, and real quick, the Penguins took a three nothing lead, lost game four to Philly, but then finished him off. So. Yeah, the Penguins, a little bit better record in the postseason, but nothing horrible for Detroit. Uh, that's just going to happen. Dallas is not exactly a horrible team, by the way. They, you know, they're an aging team, but a team that was, you know, that's still pretty stacked. Now, here's the team I am picking to win the championship. Chris Osgood, their goalie, the guy that's going to go against Flurry. His numbers actually, well, very similar. 10 and 2 for Osgood since replacing Dominic Hasek, who was uh, pulled. After the first series, um, as he was only two and two, Dominic Hasek two and two goals against average of two point nine one, save percentage of eight 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 point eight eight eight. But uh, yeah, Osgood ten and two, as I said, one point six goals against average, one sh- only one shutout. So um, Mark Andre Fleury has, a, has two shutouts on him. Uh, save percentage of point of ninety three ninety three point one. So um, ultimately. The stats would favor the Pittsburgh Penguins a little bit in this series, but Detroit does have home ice advantage. They have more experience, and I think they're just the, the this is their year. I think this is the Detroit Red Wings' year to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, though this is going to go seven, folks. This is going to be a seven-game series. I think this is going to be the last hurrah uh, for some of uh, uh, for some of the Detroit Red Wings legends. I, I'm not sure they're going to be back in the Stanley Cup Finals right away. Not for a while. I mean, there are some older guys on this team. Uh, Nicky Lidstrom, Nicholas Lidstrom is, uh, what, is he 38 here? Yeah, he turned 38 on April 28th. 70 point season though. Oh my god. As a defenseman, just wow. He is unbelievable. Chelios still playing. Chris Chelios. Well, he only had 12 points this year, yeah, but so what? He, the guy is, is a legend and he has just been unbelievable his whole career. Um, Obviously, his point totals dropped over the years, but he's still who he is. He is 46 years old. Chris Chelios is 46. That is about as old as I've ever seen in a in a, in a hockey uniform. That is just unbelievable. Um, yeah, and Osgood. It's it's kind of crazy that he's actually back there. But the guy who's been the leader for the Penguins has been Henrik Zetterberg here in the postseason, along with Pavel Datsuk. Uh, Zetterberg with 21 points, Dodzak with 19, Johan Frazen with 15. So you got some solid players on these District Penguins. Brian Rafalski with 10. So um, I do think the more veteran club is going to win this thing by by a hair. A seven-game series, probably like a four-to-two, four-to-three win in Game Seven Saturday, the seventh of. June, January. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying there, but yeah, um, 
it's going to be a seven-game series here, folks. Uh, if the Penguins win, it would be a six-game deal because there's no way the home. I don't remember a home team losing a game seven in a championship series. I've never seen it happen. Other than the only one I know of is the Twins losing Game 7 in the Metropolitan Stadium in 1965. So, of course, it was the Minnesota team losing to the Dodgers and uh, left-hander Sandy Koufax shutting out the Twinkie box. So that's pretty much the way that's going. Um, I look forward to the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm sure all of you do also. This is going to be a ridiculous series. It's going to be one for the ages. Uh, but... Uh, the Penguins will be back, regardless if they win or lose. They will be back, and they will be back over and over and over again. As long as all goes well, the guys stick together, even though this is a free agency era. You know, I think some of those Pittsburgh Penguin players have some sense to stick around, and I think they will. So that is my opinions on the Stanley Cup Finals. And I will return very quickly, and it is time for some big-time basketball talk. What's up, everyone? This is Farzine, host of Kansas City Boom on the SportsStuff.com, where we cover the Kansas Jayhawks, the Missouri Tigers, the Kansas State Wildcats, and other local college teams. We also touch on the Brigade, Wizards, Royals, and other sporting events in the heart of America, Kansas City, only on Kansas City Boom. Listen to Kansas City Boom right here on the SportsStuff.com with me, your host, Farzine. I'll catch you on Kansas City Boom. We are back here on Paladino Live, and it is time to talk NBA basketball. Now, first of all, um, I'm going to talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves real quick here, and then I'll get into the actual draft and such. Well, I mean the draft. I'll get into the playoffs. I was debating on which to talk about first. I'll go with the Timberwolves first, as um, it's mainly the Minnesota deal here. Now, the Chicago Bulls win the 2008 NBA Draft Lottery. They were supposed to go ninth, I believe. Yeah, they were supposed to go ninth overall, and they're the reason the Wolves are picking third instead of second, as uh, the Sonics, Seattle Sonics, dropped to number four, Memphis to number five. Uh, Chicago Bulls, number one overall pick, Miami number two. So it's a, it's a shame that it went that way. It's too bad it wasn't... Um, Miami 1, Minnesota 2, or vice versa, because uh, this is a two-player draft overall, the two big-time players, and then you go into the second tier and whatever, third tier. I don't even know where the third tier drops off, probably about nine or so. So, uh, yeah, we're kind of stuck with the deal of if we don't make the right decision, we're going to look like morons. And, um, well, the consensus first overall pick is Michael Beasley, going to the Chicago Bulls uh, on the Chad Ford's mock draft. And, yeah, I, I agree with that because um, Derek Rose, to me, is the best player in the draft, especially for the Timberwolves, especially for the Timberwolves, as I endorsed the crap out of him uh, a month ago. And um, and over the pretty much every show I'd bring up the Wolves, Derek Rose was my guy 110% of the way, way back when everybody was saying Michael Beasley was the best player. And, well, yeah, he is, but Rose is the best fit. You know, and maybe even Rose is the best player because he's a, he's not only is he a great point guard in general with his strength and everything, he's a great defender too. 
but no, um, Derek Rose is probably not the right fit for the Chicago Bulls at this point in time because they're stuck with Kern Heinrich already. I mean, I know the Portland Trailblazers made that mistake by passing on Michael Jordan for when they already had Clyde Drexler, but um, I don't think Derek Rose is the next Michael Jordan or anything at this point in time, and it's not like Michael Beasley is the next Sam Bowie, okay? So <laughs> that's where Portland screwed up back in 84. Now, um, Michael Beasley, to me, is going to make the Chicago Bulls dramatically better, and um, man, I am just... Uh, I was just beside myself when the Chicago Bulls won this draft because they already had a pretty solid team. They just had a bad year, and and a lot of people are saying that they just, they still need a coach. Unfortunately, is they don't have one. D'Antoni didn't go there. They got rid of Skiles. Uh, Avery Johnson maybe will go there. Maybe he'll go to Phoenix. You know, Phoenix and Chicago still coachless. So those are pretty big time jobs available right there, uh, especially now with the likelihood of Michael Beasley heading to the Windy City. Uh, yeah, that'll be a perfect fit for the Bulls. Miami, of course, taking Derrick Rose to go alongside Dwayne Wade to form what could be a extremely talented trio in Miami. Extremely entertaining. Ay-ay-ay, man. Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade, and Sean, and, uh, Sean Marion together. Whoa, that is going to be a fun team to watch. Fun team to watch. Uh, Miami Heat fans celebrate despite, you know, you might not have gotten the number one pick, but you didn't drop below number two. So you're coming out of this really, really well, regardless of what happened with the Bulls. Now, the Timberwolves didn't move down, so I have no right to be upset, right? Yeah, I have no right to be upset, but I have a right to be a little disappointed because this, this team is overdue for a little luck, and they've never had luck, and I don't think they ever will, and this, this is just more proof of it because they're, it's a two-player draft and they get the third pick. And uh, Chad Ford has us taking Brooke Lopez, which from Stanford, yeah, it, this is a need pick, not a uh, best player available. And I don't like it. I don't like it. Brooke Lopez, when I look at his numbers here really quick, to me, uh, yeah, he does block shots. As there is a, He had a 2.1 per game last year. And two and 1.7 in only 25 minutes is his freshman year, 30 minutes last year, 2.1 blocks. So that's a stat I do like about Brooke Lopez. But here's what I don't like. In his freshman year, he only averaged six rebounds a game. Six. In his senior year, he averaged 8.2, along with 19.3 points a game. So those numbers aren't horrible or anything, but they're not the kind of numbers that make me kind of go, woohoo, this guy is going to take over. Because that is 19.3 minutes in college. It doesn't translate to the NBA. It just doesn't. You know, the guy might be just another Rajon Nesterovich, and that's my biggest concern. I'm sick and tired of centers on the Timberwolves, you know, that come in here and are soft, slow, and, you know, they, they just, and they, and, and they don't rebound. You know, lazy, basically. They don't rebound. Now, this guy does at least block shots, so that's something that is intriguing about him. Now, does that mean he's going to do that on the Wolves? I don't know. Or in the NBA in general, I don't know. He he better. For his sake, he had better. Now, Brooke Lopez, uh, I guess he'd be my second pick. He'd be the second guy I'd take. Um, only because Jared Bayless, who they have going to Seattle, would be my, uh, I mean, is too similar to Randy Foy. As that is the constant talk about Jared Bayless. He's just another Foy. And what's the point then? Do you trade Foy? Do you put them together? That'd be kind of weird. I don't know. That'd be weird. Like, you just to try to 
I, I guess, I mean, it's it's been done before, but this isn't exactly, you know, the, the old New York Knicks backcourt in the 70s when they had a deal like that. So, yeah, there's no guarantee they're going to be those guys. So, you know, the Walt Frazier type deal, like, uh, we don't, I don't know about that. But um, the guy I will endorse as not only the best player available, but the guy I would take, despite the fact it is a position of wealth on the Timberwolves at this point in time, is the guy they have towing to the Memphis Grizzlies number five. He is shooting guard O.J. Mayo of the University of Southern California. Shooting guard O.J. Mayo, I officially endorse for the Timberwolves at number three. I think he is the best player available. Absolutely. And um, when I look at his numbers here, he played only one year. He was a freshman at USC. And um, 36 minutes... 36, well, about 37, basically, minutes in 33 games as a freshman again. He averaged 20.7 points as a freshman, folks. Freshman. Brooke Lopez averaged 12 points a game with a fr- freshman. And here's another thing, though. Look, you know how he's a 6'4 shooting guard, 6'4, 195 at age 20. 4.5 rebounds. Mm-hmm. 4.5 rebounds. And another stat, 3.3 assists. He is a multi-dimensional player. Also, 1.5 steals. Now, they're saying his defense is not that great, but whose really is? You know, that, I mean, yeah, that's the one thing you got to worry about, O.J. Mayo. You know, you don't want him to be another Rashad McCants, but here's the thing. I don't think there's any chance he's another Rashad McCants because when you look at his numbers, his rebounds and assists, you know, I think he's going to be better, and there is just nonstop talk that this guy is easily the third best player in this draft, and he is the only the third. There are only three. There are three guys with star potential in this draft, and O.J. Mayo is the third one. So you got to take that guy. You got to take the best player available. Um, I may change my opinion. You know, we got about five weeks or so to go. Now his free throw percentage was eighty percent. His three point percentage was almost forty one. Pretty good. Field goal percentage, 44.2. So not the best, not the worst. He did he did average 3.5 turnovers, so that's probably the biggest drawback. He does turn the ball over a lot, so that's something to worry about a teeny tiny bit. But I think he is, would be a gigantic upgrade over Rashad McCants, and that is when you send Rashad packing because you will have your shooting guard, your permanent shooting guard, you either send Rashad packing or he is going to have to accept a sixth-man role. Now, McCants could start out the year as the starter and then Mayo just beat him out. It could go that way. We'll see. But um, that is who I want on the Timberwolves. Uh, there is some talk about Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari going to the uh, possible thing the Wolves might look at as well at number six. They have him going to the Knicks, the New York Knicks, because he would be a perfect fit for Mike D'Antoni, as they say. Um, yeah, he's an intriguing one. He's multidimensional, but yeah, he's not, they say he's not really athletic, so that's a problem. Now, Larry Bird wasn't athletic either, but uh, Danilo Gallinari is not Larry Bird, so good luck with that one. Um, other than that, uh, it's really hard to, it's hard to say. Really hard to say what's going to happen. Uh, Henry Lake of the Sledge and Lake Show here in uh, the Twin Cities on KFN really likes DeAndre Jordan. He's a center for Texas A&M, but the uh, mock draft has him going 14th to the Warriors. So uh, that could pretty much 
you know, uh, you know, unless you're looking to move down, we'll see. Now, uh, Henry Lake was absolutely right on Danny Granger years ago. That was back when the Timberwolves had the 14th pick and took Rashad McCants with Danny Granger and Hakeem Warwick available. Um, Danny Granger, clearly the best player out of those three. He is the best player on the Indiana Pacers right now. He's better than Jermaine O'Neal. So uh, we'll see if uh, Henry Lake is right again. That was a really good pick by Henry Lake. Now, with that, we're going to quickly segue over to the playoffs. Now, I'm going to, I did pick the Detroit Pistons to win in five games. And guess what? I was actually dead on. The Pistons, I picked the Pistons to win the first two games, lose the third game, and win games four and five. And I was dead on. So, uh, that was a, that worked out great. I wish I was a betting man when it came to that series. I would have made some money. Uh, the Celtics, Pick, I picked them to win in six. They won in seven. So, okay, the Celtics, did, again, not winning a road game. They needed to win game six for me to be right, and uh, I was close, but didn't happen. Cleveland wins, forces game seven, but the Boston Celtics get it done at home again, like the the old Celtics always did on Sunday afternoons, as they like to say, those Sunday afternoon game sevens. Boston advances to play the Detroit Pistons, and that's actually right now. It's on in the background, Boston winning. So, yeah. Uh, switch over to the Western Conference real quick. I picked the Lakers to win in five. I was wrong. I was close, but I was wrong. L.A. to win games one and two, lose game three. I was right there, but the Jazz surprised me and won game four in overtime, 123 to 115. But then L.A. taking care of business uh, in games five and six, and a rare road win, a rare road win to clinch things. Uh, in these playoffs, so that's just not been happening at all. I mean, only really L.A., Detroit, and um, San Antonio, as I'm about to get into, are really proving themselves as road warriors, if, if even a little. Um, as, yeah, Detroit beating Orlando in Game 4 put them to death, and, of course, L.A. in Game 6 putting the Jazz to death. Um, that was the deal there. But now... Well, I said it was either going to be the New Orleans Hornets in five or seven, and uh, I was almost right on the seven part. As uh, the Spurs, well, yeah, the the Hornets wins game one and games one and two, as that was on the last show. The Spurs won game three, which like the entire universe expected, but then the Spurs also win game four, another twenty point victory, or a twenty, yeah, a twenty point victory. That was disappointing, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that was when, yeah, I was on like, okay, then it's going to go to Game 7. And it ultimately did as the uh, the Hornets really hammered the Spurs in Game 5. That was beautiful, and I said, sweet, now they'll probably win in Game 6. They'll probably win seven, seven games because there's no way San Antonio is going to lose Game 6. Uh, yeah, it was a 101-79 in favor of the, the Hornets. Spurs win by tw- by 20 almost. Well, they won 99-80 to in San Antonio, but unfortunately the San Antonio Spurs win a seventh game on the road to defeat the New Orleans Hornets. And the Spurs have done this before. This is not the first time the Spurs have eliminated somebody on the road. Uh, it sucks. I don't like the Spurs. I've seen enough of them. They're, I know they're legends, and, yeah, that's great. Nothing's going to change that. They're going to go to the Hall of Fame if they, you know, if, they reti- if most of them retired today, they'd be in the Hall of Fame. So Duncan would be. Greg Popovich would be. Maybe, probably Ginobili and Parker. Uh, Robert Ory would be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Because nobody wins seven championships, and he hits so many big shots down the stretch. And guess what? Robert Ory 
you know, came back to life as he has pretty much been, you know, he pretty much was buried on the bench this year because he's getting so old. But guess what? Guess who hit the bill? Tons of big shots in that game seven was Robert Ory. He did it again. Robert Ory lives, folks. And um, the New Orleans Hornets, my favorite little team in the, you know, in this playoffs could not get it done. You know, I was I was cheering for them all the way, and I think they're not done on their run because Chris Paul is just getting started. That is going to be a fun little team to watch over the years. But they're going to have to worry. They're going to have to worry about the Jazz and the Lakers, though. Uh, Spurs aren't going away just yet, unfortunately. They'll probably be good for another two or three years. Unfortunately, LA is going to be good for a while. The Jazz are going to be good for a while. So um, the best four teams were in the Western Conference, and the Unfortunately, it appears the best two are in the Western Conference Finals. That is going to be an amazing series, as now it's time to quickly switch to the Conference Finals. Of course, Boston right now is winning 71-60, to as I can see in the background. So um, that's the deal there. It looks like uh, Boston's going to win the first game. And um, I, wow, this is going to be a really tough series to pick. I guess, well, I don't think the Celtics... I don't know. I don't, I mean, Detroit is the one team that can beat Boston, I think, you know, in the Eastern Conference. At least, uh, I'm, I mean, LA and San Antonio maybe and probably could, but, um, overall. But, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the remaining three other three teams can, uh, can beat Boston at home, but I'm still, man, it is so tough. I kind of get the feeling Boston is going to pull this thing out in seven. I'm getting the feeling this thing is going to be a seven-game series, as I've been thinking that all day. It's just, it's a tough pick. It's a really tough pick. Um, We all hate being wrong, but I'm going to go with the Boston Celtics in seven. Boston in seven, despite the fact Detroit is uh, a team that is absolutely deadly and absolutely can beat the Celtics. In Boston, uh, Boston has to win a road game sometime or other. They just do. They just do. Um, it's not necessarily they're going to this series. Um, and they can win as long as they win all four home games. They will win the NBA championship. You know, and you know by winning all four here and all four in the next round because they are the home court team. So I'm going to go with Boston Celtics in seven because uh, if this game, if this series goes to seven, the Celtics will win. Just like the NBA Finals, the Celtics will win Game Seven. Period. End of conversation. So if Boston can survive and go to Game Seven, it's over. The championships, they will win number seventeen. Now, San Antonio Spurs and Los Angeles Lakers, an epic Western Conference Finals about to begin. As the this Final Four is just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. There is no Cleveland Cavaliers or any lame team or, or, or Utah Jazz in the conference finals this year. This year, this is the Thor absolute clear-cut dynasty potential teams all together ready to rock and roll. Um, Spurs are a dynasty. Pistons were close to being one. Celtics could become one, and the Lakers could become one. So, um, yeah, that's the deal there. Man, tough series, tough series to call. These both are really hard. Uh, <laughs> now, L.A. proving they could beat Utah on the road, and Utah is almost impossible place to win. San Antonio is virtually impossible to win on the road, virtually impossible to win on the road in the postseason. God, I don't know. It's, just, it's so hard to pick anybody to win on the road this playoffs. But uh, I do think the L.A. Lakers advance to the NBA Finals. 
Um, I, I guess I'm going to go with seven here. I'm going to go on a seven-game series. L.A. Lakers win in seven. They're going to win by like two points too, because the Spurs are going to be hitting big shots down the stretch. The Duncans and the and the Orys are going to like make this thing very tough in Game Seven against the Lakers. They may even win. They might even win this series. But I'm going to stick with the L.A. Lakers to come out of the West. As a, my initial picks were Boston and L.A., and I'm going to stick to my guns, as uh, they're both going to survive by the slimmest of margins. And uh <laughs> we'll see what happens as I'm just excited to watch this. Now, Rajon Rondo has been just a big factor for the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. Absolutely wonderful. Uh Eddie House, huge for the Celtics in Game 7 against the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was one of the best games I've watched in a long time. Absolutely beautiful game between LeBron James and Paul Pierce. It looked like Dominique and Larry Bird. You know, it was just wow. You know, like literally 20 years ago, right about this this time. As that was a seven-game second-round series, Hawks and Celtics, beautiful back in the old days. It, it had that kind of feel, and it's that's why it's so cool to see LA, uh, LA, the LA Celtics. No, could be that in the finals, but yeah, there, I mean there is kind of an '80s feel in these playoffs. That's why I could see a Boston LA final. It'd be cool. Um, obviously, Detroit was around back in the late '80s, going against the Celtics. So there's a lot of that going on right now. Toby Bryant has been an absolute leader. Phil Jackson is the best coach ever. Uh, Paul Gasol has been big. Robert Ory is back. Uh, you know, Chauncey Billups is a great playoff guy. He's a great regular season guy, too. Andrew Bynum done, though, and um, obviously that's not good. If Andrew Bynum was around, it'd be an easier pick by picking the Lakers over the San Antonio Spurs. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a down-to-the-wire. Either team could win that series. That's basically a pick em. That's what I'm saying. The Lakers are going to win by, like, a basket in Game 7. It's just going to be one of those deals. Might might be, like, three overtime, seriously. Uh, same with Detroit and Boston, by the way. That's going to be close. Um, yeah, either, either you know, it could, could be Detroit and San Antonio. It could be a rematch of the 2005 Finals. That would be a pretty good series, too. But uh, I do think this flashier teams are going to go Boston and LA, just like this, just like in hockey. So we'll see what happens. I am looking forward to it. Do enjoy these series, ladies and gentlemen. And I want to thank all of you for listening and downloading to this show, as we are about to wrap things up for now. And um, again, OJ Mayo. The consensus pick for me, if I'm the Timberwolves, that could change. Maybe Brooke Lopez wins me over with some new information or something. Who knows? Maybe Jared Bayless is the, is the pick. Maybe it's somebody else. Maybe it's Randolph. So we'll see what happens. I want to wish all of you a good week. Let's hope the Timberwolves uh, make the right choices here and see the right talent when they invite these players over for workouts as they can finally do that. Let's hope for the best, all of you. Um, See if Detroit wins the Stanley Cup. See if I'm right there. Boston and L.A. We shall see. Take care. Enjoy the wonderful month of May.